All right, guys, it's time for the Next Level Guy Show, a men's interview, interest, and improvement-focused podcast featuring interviews with the greats from all industries to help you better your life. Each week, a new episode features an interview with one of the greats covering all aspects of their story, from life hacks to tips and protocols that have allowed them to live life on the next level. We then highlight concrete action steps that you can use to improve your life. And now, your host, Ian Dawson McKay. And today's guest is Caitlin Clotter. Caitlin is a sex coach with a master's in counselling and a background in the adult entertainment industry. She's the creator of the hilarious talk show Watch Girls Watch Porn and is also an educator on Pornhub's wellness channel. She's passionate about challenging our society's pervasive sex-negative scripts and wants people to view sexuality as a highly diverse and inclusive entity. Her work involves holistic, bi-psychosocial approaches when helping clients achieve their sexual fulfilment and helping individuals and couples with sexual, relational and intimacy problems. Sex coaching is the process of taking the client's hand and guiding them through to sexual fulfilment, involving a combination of psychoeducation, talking through issues, accessing unallowed emotions, the practice of sexual exercises, home assignments and a step-by-step progression of sexual techniques. Sex coaching is holistic, non-judgmental, sex-positive and celebrates the full range of sexual experiences. Sessions are future-focused and goal-orientated, allowing clients to work through sexual blockers and achieve true sexual fulfillment. And now, let's get to the interview. Thank you so much for coming on. You're an absolute star. I love your social media because you just give men the tips and hacks they need for getting better in the bedroom. You don't sugarcoat it. You're a badass. But can you explain who you are? How do you explain what you do? Because it's quite a job to explain to somebody. So here's the here's the funny thing. There's there's times where I introduce myself. I'm like, hi, I'm Caitlin, and you know, I'm a sex coach. And and people are they'll 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 be like, I'm sorry, what did you say? Because the words don't make sense to them. Like they heard they heard what I said, but their brain just went, no, nah, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you do a what now? And um, yeah, so so the way that I break it down is that I help couples and I help individuals get better at sex. If they have sexual goals that they want to reach, I help them achieve that. If they have any sexual issues that they're trying to work through, I do that as well. Because you know just now so many guys are like, I don't need any help. I'm brilliant at it. But so many guys have the same problem. You know, it's the focus on thrusting. They don't know how to, you know, to give they, they expect a blowjob, but they will not reciprocate to their partner. Would you see a similarity in what men will come to you about with the kind of issues? Does it change with age, race, with the focus, you know, single versus somebody in a relationship? Or is it just the same many ego issues we need to break? Same stuff over and over again. Mm. Um, you know what? So it is, it is pretty, um, it definitely, it depends on the demographic. That being said, um, you know, if somebody's reaching out to me, 
they kind of have to be a certain demographic anyway, because anybody who is reaching out to a sex coach is somebody who already has to be a little bit open-minded. There's just, there's no, there's no, there's no way around that, right? If somebody is completely closed off and completely terrified of talking about anything, they're not going to reach out to me, right? So I, I already, my, my demographic that I work with is going to be, you know, a little bit narrowed because of that. Um, I tend to work with men because, um, most of my marketing actually comes through Pornhub, which is surprising, right? I didn't like, I didn't know that that was going to happen. That was like an interesting thing for me. So I'll get into that like super quick is, um, so I have a talk show on Pornhub and then I also am a sex for Pornhub. And so, um, what did you say? As you do. As you do, as people do. Right. And so that was an unexpected um, avenue for marketing for me. But because Pornhub is a really big driver of my business, a lot of the um, the people that I work with are going to be men. Right. And so I do deal with more male issues. Um, so very common things for guys is going to be um, early ejaculation. And then delayed ejaculation. So those are really big things that people would reach out to a sex coach about. Um, People often um, who are in a coupleship will deal with um, a thing called a desire discrepancy. So that is where one partner wants a either want more sex than the other partner or they want a different type of sex than the other partner. Right. And then we got to figure out, okay, well, what how do I how do I handle this? What do I do with this? thrusting so not knowing how to um not knowing how to please a woman or just wanting to learn um how to be better in the bedroom how to be a better um how to be a better lover is a big one as well so you were talking about like there are guys who thrust too fast yeah or just go straight into thrusting so they talked to me about okay well so what is what is the land of foreplay? What does it mean to like really take your time making out with a person? What does it mean to really be sensual, to go slow and to really blow their mind? So I like doing that. Um, and probably the last thing that I really, that I see a lot is couples who um, have some type of non-monogamous desire or want to explore that in some way. So relationships are changing um, drastically. And that is such an interesting and cool thing. Like to like they're for the most part, people only know about monogamy, right? And they're they they're they're like, okay, monogamy is the only answer, it's the only option. Well, there are actually all of these communities of people who are doing things that are different. The same way that like there's really no there's no gay and straight, there's only like most people are on a spectrum, right? Most people are on a spectrum. They're mostly straight or they're mostly gay or they're a little gay. They're a little straight. They're what, you know, what have you relationships are on a spectrum, right? And we have the option of relationships being on a spectrum where they can be monogamous or they, it could be all the way over to polyamorous, which is multiple, multiple loves, or you could be somewhere in between where you're kind of like monogamish, which is where you're monogamous, but then you flirt with other people, but then, uh, you know, or you could be in an open relationship where, uh, you know, you're with one person, but then you sleep with some other people. There are all of these different options out there. And that is a really 
confusing thing to navigate and to figure out. So to talk to somebody like me in the process of that can be really um, cool. And the reason why I really like working with that demographic too, is that I am, I am in that demographic, right? I'm in an open relationship with my husband and it has been a challenging thing to kind of figure out. And so I like being able to help work people through that. It's amazing, like when you think about it, because you can talk about politics, we can talk about religion. I know you're not meant to do it in the workplace, but a lot of people do. You know, sure. you can talk about your beliefs and this and that, but when it comes to sex, whoa, back away, you know, hide that, put that in a box. I mean, I assumed I was normal, but when I look at these terms, I'm like, oh, I don't mind a bit of don't mind a bit of that play, don't mind a bit of that. I've done BDSM, had a three, so, you know. I was like, but that's normal, isn't it? Just expect. And then I realized how a lot of people are shaped by their culture. You know, they're shaped by their parental attitudes towards sex, or how much they've been allowed to express their character and things like that. And I mean, you've got a master's in counselling. Do you find yeah. that a lot of the the issues is that there's a lack of intimacy, there's a lack of connection? but there's also a lack of being ourselves and expressing who you are truthfully in the bedroom. Perfect. Um, yeah. So when it comes to connection, that is a very, very difficult thing for people to achieve because in order to be connected to another person, you have to be able to explain your wants and your needs, but communication is so challenging. Like it's, it's honestly, it's shocking to me that anybody understands what the other person <laughs> says ever because if I'm trying to tell my partner like, hey, I don't, um, you know, I, I don't like it when you're too rough in the bedroom. Um, but I have to be aware with that inside myself. I have to know like, oh yeah, they were a little bit too rough when they pushed me against a wall. Um, but I actually really liked it when they, um, you know, when they were rough, when they choked me a little bit. So you have to have an internal awareness of all of these things, and then you have to be able to convey it. And then when your partner hears this information, they're filtering everything through their entire life experience, right? So, so they don't just hear what you said. They hear, they hear what you said. And then within the filter of their life and their, and, and, and everything else. So, they like the, the fact that people are able to communicate and really hear and understand one another is um, amazing when it does happen, but it also is so challenging. There are so many small pieces that can get lost along the way. So, you know, you asked about connection. Yeah, it's it's really um, the the biggest thing to being being able to connect is being able to communicate with them. And, um, you know, it's just, it's a difficult thing that we're not taught in our world. We're not taught in our society. So, yeah, I think it's a huge part. I love that kind of styling because so many people think we're just set the way we are. You know, that however you're going to have sex is just, that's it. You know, they don't yeah. know they can explore and stuff like that. I mean, I think one of the things we need to realize is the old traditional rules of sex have completely gone out the window. Or maybe we're now being more open about it because I remember hearing for the first time years ago, women are, are, you know, they need the emotional. It's more about how you make them feel where for men, they get turned on and stimulated more by the physical side. Women need it to be the emotional, the kind of the build up of, 
that you know so i used to love going down on girls and doing this and that and you know you play with like taking away the sight with blindfolds and things like that and people like well no i don't do any of that we'll we'll barely kiss when they're outside you know no pdas and i thought what why on earth but it's down to i think it's down to that person do you think we need to scrap the the rule book for sex nowadays and be more open and free I do. I do. I think that um, I think that scrapping the rule book is a huge one. Right. It, and it takes being able to be in touch with what you really want. What do you really desire? So the fact that you are really desiring um, pleasuring your partner, that is like that is a thing that, you know, really works for you. You get them off and that gets you off. That is a very that, that is a very cool. That's a very sexy thing. That being said, everybody has their own preferences. So, you know, there are people out there who really don't want to make out, right? They just, they're like, hey man, that's not that like, I don't like, I don't like cuddling. I don't want to make out. And that's okay too, right? So whatever your Hmm. preferences, go out and find somebody else who also wants that preference, right? And, and, you know, so there's, there, there's kind of, Um, There's a balancing act between, okay, so the person who doesn't want to ever kiss their partner, do they need to change a little bit to to meet the needs of the person that they're with, right? So they don't want to make out, but maybe they should do a little bit of it. It kind of depends on how much you vibe with that person, you know, because there's also the option that they're there's somebody else out there who really doesn't want to make out either. And then they met you and they're like, Oh, thank God. I I hate doing that. You know? So it's, it's, it's really figuring out what you need. Now you, I read somewhere that you, you used to be a stripper. Yes. For eight years. Now I, I find I love speaking to people who have kind of unique job roles and stuff, but how did you find that kind of transition from, your views on sex when you were younger to suddenly, you know, when you went stripping where men would see, you know, you've seen maybe the lower, the lower class of men at times where they saw you as like a tool to get off on to then the transition to the, to becoming a sex coach, because I interviewed Alice Little. Um, she was one of the most uh, successful um, legal prostitutes in a brothel in I think it was Las Vegas. Um, cool. Absolutely lovely, be- beautiful person. But she would said she would go to the doctors, and because of her line of work, they would assume it's a sex act that had gone wrong, where it turned out to be appendicitis. There was all these kind of insanity things. Did you find? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you find that different? You know, what was your views on people in that industry, and how do you think it changed your opinions and what people are attracted to and you know, did it shape you in any way? And then did it move you towards becoming a coach? You know, it's maybe badly worded, but did it affect your views on sex and how people are attracted and what we get off by? Def, yeah, yeah, no, that's a great question, Ian. And um, yes, yeah. So, so working at the club shaped my shaped my worldview more, honestly, more than I expected it to. Um, so I 
had no intention of being of of being a stripper. So I did it late in life. I I had always had all these really negative stereotypes about it. Like anybody mm. who works in that industry has got family issues or they're using drugs. Like those were the those were the only options in my mind. And then I met a girl who was a dancer and uh, she, she was a friend of mine and she was a burlesque performer and I was doing burlesque at the time. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, burlesque is like fine because that's classy. That's art. Yep. You know, you don't want you don't want to like make money from the <laughs> from getting naked on stage. Right. And and so I met this girl who was a burlesque performer and she danced and, um, you know, she was cool. I liked her. And I was like, OK, well what is this? And I went to the strip club and, um, for the first time ever in my life, I was, I was old. Like I was fuck 25, I think it was 23, 25, something like that. I was finishing graduate school. Right. So this was not on my, I like, this was a, like a very quick stop on my way to go get like a normal career. Right. But man, when I started dancing, like the first day I went there, I was like, oh my God, this is what a strip club is? Like, this is, uh, first of all, it was a really upscale place, right? So my, my, I'm a little bit biased based off of that. It's owned by a woman, all those kind of things. Um, anyway, I loved, loved everything about it. So I started, um, I started working and I was like, shit, this, like, I am a, like, I am already curious about what people think and what people feel like that's genuine, like the, mm. it, with my counseling background. Right. But then once I got to be a dancer and then just like, I, I got to, I got to open up people's heads in a way, not like, not those heads, these heads, <laughs> you know, I got to, <laughs> I got to Look. open them up and then really, <laughs> Ian, you said something. No, I was just laughing. I was just like, kid, there, that's the tagline for this. That's going to be the tagline, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so it just, it was fast. It was absolutely fascinating to me. And um, it actually, it gave me a really interesting confidence in my body and in my ability to stand up for myself. Um, because it's really, it's a difficult environment. You'll hear the worst things. And you'll also see the best thing. So people, it's very, it's very polarizing because people are fucked up. Right. And I was, I was working, so I was sober. Right. So I was, I was well, at the, the first couple of years I drank a lot and then I was like, nope. And then I was completely sober for, for most of the time that I was there anyway. So I got to hear people saying really good things and then also really bad things about me. And, um, it made it to where I was like, wow, this is like, like, I was always a little self-conscious about the fact that I kind of look like a boy. Like I look like a, like, like I, and this is not a negative, like, this is not a negative thing, but I'm, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little like a boyish body type, right? Very like, I'm, I'm athletic. I've got slender hips. I've got, uh, you know, small, small breasts, but the fact that I was able to still make good money based off of a body that I, I didn't always love. It was a very, very um, empowering thing for me. Um, it also felt empowering to be able to just kind of like live in my sexuality, right? And be able to profit from that. And um, it was a very interesting thing. One of the One of the most interesting things that I learned from the whole experience is that 
every, there's a, there's a person for every person, right? So my, like my small tits worked somebody else's, um, you know, being, being after being, uh, you know, like a woman who just had a baby, right. And she's got a bit of a belly. There are people who like her. There are people who like the, you know, the A plus models and it, it doesn't like, that was cool to me to be able to see, like, it didn't matter. You didn't have to be perfect. There's somebody who's going to fucking pay a lot of money for that person and these people. Oh, yeah. And, um, it's, oh man, mind, mind blowing to me. That was, that was all like very cool. Look at only funds. You know, I mean, how much money will people pump into certain, you know, there's there's a a look for everybody, shall we say. Now, I mean, I'm very open, do a lot of degrading and out there shit to some people. But I have an I have a um I have a dislike to work with fans because I you know, there's certain things about it I don't like about how they take the money from you know, models and some people use it's not helping a lot of people that are using it. You know, it's like getting the confidence there. Now that's probably misconstrued because I've not I've not interviewed anybody from that work yet, but I have no problems with people doing sex work. I mean, I Alice is amazing. I've interviewed her twice now. And it's that kind of thing in my head. I was thinking, well, oh, that's strange. I can remember going to a strip club with some friends on a night out and this girl, she was throwing her funny in everybody's face and tits rubbing in people's faces. She'd walk off the stage and hand her boyfriend the money. He was just sitting with a pint, and then they would walk off and start kissing. You know, he ha- he didn't care. And yeah, yeah. I was like, whoa, fuck, I couldn't do that. That's just terrifying. Oh. And I was in my head going, so that's maybe an issue I have my own jealousy. That's maybe me not being able to embrace myself in that area. That's maybe my issue with OnlyFans is because I have you know something about people being more sexually open than i've been or you know you when you look into this you start thinking okay maybe that's stemming from something in myself what you dislike yeah. do you find that with people this mainly comes from not being able to embrace our sexuality not being embrace our desires kind of hiding that side of us yeah yeah i think i think absolutely um you know, we, because we don't talk about sex, we don't have any language inside of our brains to go like, oh man, like I really, like I'm straight. And I also get like, I really get off on wearing women's panties. What does that, what does that mean about me? And, Mm. and we don't have, like our culture doesn't allow for us to go, oh, well, okay, maybe, maybe we don't have to have a, a like, maybe that doesn't mean anything, right? Maybe mm. it, 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 like, if we have a desire, it's always attached to, oh shit, what does this mean about me? So like, if I, um, you know, if I'm a woman who mostly identifies as straight, but every now and then I kind of want to make out with a girl, people will be like, oh my God, does this mean I'm bisexual? Does this mean that like, it just like, it doesn't matter. You don't have to like, you don't have to figure everything out with our desires. And we don't have to, um, you know, we don't have to like 
put constraints on it. But I think that that's part of the reason why people are afraid to explore desires is because they go, oh my God, if I even think about, if I start talking about this, then what it's going to jump to all of these other conclusions. If I say that I want a threesome, then, you know, then this allows for my boyfriend to potentially walk off with the other man or to, you know, or what have you, people can kind of um, escalate because they, they get scared. It's, it's definitely a difficult one because I find you have to, a lot of it stems from yourself, your personal confidence, because a lot of people yeah. don't believe they, that they deserve it. You know I mean? Do you find that we, a lot of people kind of cock block themselves? by mentally thinking you know we let the the ego dictate that you know we've got to be the man in the relationship we can't be pegged we can't be you know feminized um you know we can't do role play where the girl's in the superior role do you find a lot of men kind of are restricting themselves for the type of sex that they're allowing themselves to to have or even to try because of these traditional values of masculinity, perhaps? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And uh, the first thing I started thinking about when you started talking or you started asking that question um, is that, uh, you know, ha I don't, have you noticed that it seems like there are way more women who identify as bisexual than guys are? 100%. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any opinion on like what you think that is? probably that women are actually realizing to get good sex they have to women, women understand them where men it's i don't know not sure to be honest I, I, so my my hypothesis on that um you know and i in ian i think you're i think you're right i think that um like when it comes to women realizing that other women are going to get it better. Um, I think that that's definitely, that's definitely part of it. Um, I think a big part of it though, is that guys just have so much baggage around if, if you, if you find another guy attractive, what does that mean about you? There's just, there's so much. Whereas for mm -hmm. women, there's not, there's anti-baggage, actually. There's, there's, a, there's celebration around women who make out with other women and explore other women. Like, that's hot and people like it and people talk about it all the time. So it's, it, it, it makes it significantly easier for girls to go, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I'm bi. Yeah. I like, I mostly yeah. like guys or I mostly like women, but I, I like to be in between. Um, whereas, whereas guys, there's just, it's too much baggage for them to even kind of like peer into that. And so I think that that is very similar to what you were asking about. Like, do guys cock block themselves by having societal scripts? Absolutely. Yeah. And really the only way that I go ahead. Oh, sorry. Can I just say that I suppose it's also about the sexualization of women, you know, that you're hot, you're cute, you're beautiful, where a guy is masculine, strong, leader you know where women are like oh look at her you know she's rocking her she's rocking that dress where guys are like he's wearing a suit from calvin klein you know you're meant to be looked at and judged by your sex appeal because the whole sure. provider routine and stuff like that but to with men it's like what we how we dominate with women it's what 
you give up you know what I mean it's it's strange look how the media portrays men versus women yeah. it's it's a very interesting topic well which is crazy and then we go into like this whole flexible gender role right like the like everything's getting on a spectrum these days i kind of fucking love it we're not living in this binary world like even um autism you know there's they used to have autism and then asperger's disease and they're like okay we'll throw that out and they just put it on the autism spectrum there's a, you know, there's, there's a under like gender identity spectrum. There's a relationship spectrum. There's like, we're living in this world where we are able to be different. We can, we can be more gray. We can be more nuanced. And honestly, I think it's because we live in a society where we don't, where we have more free time. We have more, and we're going to have even more free time with all of this artificial intelligence coming out. Like we're about to, we're about to like, Ian, we're already you're already at the next level. It's about to be the next next level <laughs> with with all of that stuff. So you've got somebody just now who's thinking, do you know what? I deserve better sex. I want to find out. I've been watching, you know, your uh, Miss Clara on the social media, and I think, you know what? I'm going to try this. I'm going to try a bit of that. How would they start introducing that into the bedroom? Say they're in a relationship. How would you start spicing things up? I mean, it's probably best not to turn up with like uh, a bat plug and some anal beads and you know gimp masks and stuff like that without introducing it. How how would you start somebody safely venturing into exploring whatever avenue yeah. they're wanting? Yeah, that sounded yeah, worse yeah. than a bit. <laughs> what was the last part that you said? That, uh, I, I probably shouldn't have said exploring avenues. Because that probably sounded a lot worse than I meant, but it's. Oh no! I think I yeah, it <laughs> makes made sense to me. Um, yeah, do, doing a very gradual buildup of um, of how to introduce new things with a partner um, is you know like starting by maybe actually doing education. So I would recommend like maybe playing a podcast in the background. Like next, like next level guy where you have, um, you know, where you have a little someone, a third party, it's not you, but it's a third party kind of talking about stuff. Right. So that kind of, it, it slowly opens somebody up a little bit. And also, um, just by starting slow, right. If you're, if you just bring up bring something into the bedroom that's just like a notch ahead of a notch ahead of where you were now right if if you're in a BDSM subdom partnership already and then you need to bring in more anal beads or like a fucking machine well then that's your next level but if you're if you're if you're kind of more on the vanilla type of route um you know you can say like hey i've learned you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm really interested in our sexuality and exploring our sexuality. I learned this new thing. Is that something that you would be interested in? And, uh, you know, kind of seeing how they do, seeing how that goes. Um, yeah. And then playing it gradually. Yeah, and probably talking about it before you get in the bedroom. Because I think that's what a lot of guys do is they whip something out and they expect it there and then. So they pressurize the partner. 
it's kind of scary that even in this day and age, we still have to talk about consent, you know, like what actually is consent without them feeling like they should to try to please or keep the person. What's your definition or like your kind of way of teaching consent? Because, you know, people think consent's before sex. Consent can be removed during sex, after sex, before. There's so many different levels of it. How do you make sure somebody doesn't stray over the line or it's everybody's happy? You know, is that the use of safe words? Is that a cooling off period before something like that would happen after discussions? How would you start introducing consent so everybody's happy and safe in whatever they're doing? Yeah. So I'm going to talk about two different levels of consent because there's a BDSM consent where there's going to be safe words. There's going to be more parameters around it because it can be, it can get a little bit more dangerous, right? So that's kind of a different ball game. I will address that, but I'm going to address the first level of consent, which is around normal sex, like the more vanilla types of sex. Um, and honestly, the sexiest way to do this and the best way to do this is to ask um in a like in a sexy tone like oh my god do you like you're so hot do you want me to go down on you or oh my god do you want me do you want me to eat like i'd love to eat your asshole do you want that like and that is like that's hot that is not honestly that's adding to yeah yeah that's adding to the experience it's not because people get afraid that it's going to take something away you're not, you're actually making it sexier because you're describing what you want to do to them. And then they can go, yeah, yeah. Like that. Like it's just, it's so, and it's easy to do. So why then after all these amazing things and all these great resources, do so many guys put the importance, they emphasize the importance of the penis they think this is the tool that I throw it in, I get it a bit wet, stick a finger somewhere, kiss, you know, and thrust it in where, you know, the women want different angles, grinding, different techniques. There's plenty of different oral, um, oral techniques. There's plenty of different techniques on rimming. And th- but why do men still just think, I've got a hard thing, I'm going to stick it in a soft thing? How do we yeah. break that stupidity? Yeah, and there is so there are there are there's so many guys who are shocked when I when I tell them that only thirty percent of women orgasm from internal stimulation. The seventy percent will orgasm clitorally, which doesn't that doesn't that doesn't necessarily involve a penis, right? This is involving, uh, you know, dry humping or you know maybe uh, maybe like a little bit of penis or a little bit of penetration, and then mostly clitoral stimulation, which is kind of like you can use fingers and then you can do some tapping or you can do like the um, a little bit of inserting of your penis, but not all the way in, and then you kind of tap their clit a little bit. There are so many. There, there, there are so many other ways that women can get off, but I can also kind of feel for guys because, man, it is shocking the the the, the variations between what gets women off. I am a female, and there are times like it took me researching to really understand, like, whoa, 
like people are different. People are so different. Sometimes women want their clit to be touched during sex who orgasm clitorally, but then some of them don't. They just want it to be like around the clit, right? And then some find it to be painful if the clit is touched too soon. Some want it fast. They want it to be touched directly. So that feels scary to guys because how, what the fuck? Like I'm, if I'm not sleeping with the same person over and over again, how am I ever going to know? And also... It, it and also the same person can vary from day to day, right? And from week to week, are they on their menstrual cycle or not? So yeah. here's the good thing, though, guys. You can just fucking you can just ask. You could just ask. How do you get, baby? How do you get yourself off? Like, how do you how do you orgasm? Like, and then you can mimic that. Have her show you how she does it. That's a hot one, right? Um, so don't like. Don't sweat if you get scared that she's not going to orgasm from your penis, but also like, just, just ask her. I think that's amazing that we go back to just ask them, you know, it's how, like, you know, how few men actually think to just go and ask them. They'll talk about it. They'll chat to their friends. They'll potentially lose a partner because of bad sex without just going, um, do you like when I do that? Would you rather I did that? And that's the terrifying thing about it. And how many guys do you know they watch porn and think, right, I'm going to do that, where they have no idea what they're doing? I interviewed yes. um, Kenneth Play, the sex hacker. I don't know if you know his work. Love him, yeah. Uh, well, uh, he's, he's got a fantastic book, Beyond Satisfied. So he's got actual three, you know, like QR codes, and you can see the 3D imagery of how to do it. And I remember so him saying... Where was it? It was watching porn to learn sex is like watching the Fast and the Furious to learn how to drive. And yeah. I just thought, yeah. You know, and he said, Well, why would you like say if me and you hooked up compared to me and uh, my last girlfriend? I'm not going to get that use the same moves on you compared to her because why would I use a map to my ex girlfriend's house to drive to your house? And I was just kind of like, whoa it's like i i don't i don't get that but why it's going back yeah. to i saw this in porn this has moved worked my ex so it's going to work with yeah. you why 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 do men stick in these kind of patterns do you think yeah i i you know i think it's just because it's easy we get we get we learn a certain thing and then we just get used to doing it all the time. We learn a certain move at the gym and we don't think, well, maybe maybe I need to like change my weight up a little bit. Or, you know, maybe like in order to get stronger at the gym, you have to slowly build. You have to change a little bit. You have to change things up. Um, but yes, you're right. When it comes to sex, sometimes they'll get one one idea in their head and they will just like do the same thing over and over. Um, yeah. But like being being able to you know, inquire about your next partner and and understand that she's a different person makes a huge difference. It's time for a quick break. There are millions of potential products to buy, so how do you know which ones are worth your hard-earned money? Simple. You go to nextlevelguy.com/affiliates and explore those that will transform and improve your life. 
You'll find deals, listener exclusives, and special offers with some great companies. Recommendations are 100% honest and only on items Ian has tried or believes in. The companies showcased will make you a better man in all areas of your life. Simply go to nextlevelguy.com slash affiliates and level up. And how would you then start getting the guys to be able to go and speak to their partner? How do you develop kind of more open conversation? Because this can start going into an area where, you know, somebody might say, yeah, I would go down on you, but I don't like your smell or, you know, you're doing it, you're doing it wrong if you're caring about the smell, but, um, but, you know, or somebody would say, Oh, what are you into? And she might say, I want you to tie me up, whip my arse and do whatever, you know, and a lot of men don't understand what women actually crave that they do like rough sex. They do like more out there stuff. A lot of times it's the quieter ones are actually the more terrifying ones. But how do you get them to chat about it and embrace them and open up about her sexuality? Not what the woman want, thinks the guy wants, but what they actually want. You know, that women deserve great sex. How do we get them to understand that as well in a relationship? And you are doing you are doing the world a good service by, you know, being being able to um, help guys learn how to treat women better about it, how to fuck them better. Like this is, um, you know, it's, it's always good to be able to have somebody who's like, how do we do this? How do we, how do we get better? Um, wait, I forget what the, qu- what was the question was. Well, it's, I mean, oh, it's more, yeah. I mean, how, how do I explain what I want to do to you, but I want you to come back and say, well, actually, no, I'm not really into that. But what I do want you to do is go and take me in the toilets in, I don't know, the local shop, or I want to go dogging or whatever it is. How do we not shy away from true desires, but also not have somebody feel like I want to keep them, so I'm going to avoid this? Sure. So I think that um, one of the best ways to just start approaching explaining your desires is by Especially, okay, I'm going to start with a human who is nervous, is nervous about sex in general, because most people are, right? And so to be able to talk to your partner and say, hey, honestly, I feel a little bit weird about talking about this. I'm kind of afraid that you're going to judge me. Um, but I, I, like, I wanted to tell you that um, I've, I have fantasies about you tying me up. Is that something that you would be interested in? Like, and then to explain, take it a next level further than that of explain why you find it sexy. Because sometimes people will hear like, oh, he wants me to tie him up. What does that, what does that mean? Does he want me to, uh, you know, does he want me to like degrade him and tell him that he's the worst man on the planet or that, you know, he's going to make me get a strap on and suck his cock or, you know, like we, people can jump to all of these different ideas in their head. So if you can be specific of, Hey, I feel, I feel nervous bringing this up. And specifically I would, I just, I like the idea of you tying me up because I like the concept of being um, held down and you being in charge. That feels very sexy to me. I, I like the idea of power play switch. 
So that is uh, one of the best ways to actually get heard. And you mentioned, um, you know, talking to, uh, so like a guy talking to their girlfriend about not wanting to go down on them because they um, smell, right? That, because that, I mean, that's a real thing. And so Mm. to, to bring that up, bring that up in a way of not like, hey, you like, you stink, you need to, um, I'm not going to go down on you. Just bring up like, hey, baby, um, you know, I, uh, you know, I've, I've noticed that your, your smell is a little bit more pungent um, recently, because that actually could mean she might have a bacterial infection too. Right. So this, like, don't like you harboring this information and just saying like, oh, I don't want to tell her. She could like it could be like I know for me if I have bacterial vaginosis that shit stinks and my husband has said like hey I've noticed that you're smelling you're smelling different and um I'm like oh yeah 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 I need to go like I think or maybe it's a yeast infection or something like that so actually bringing it up could be a helpful thing to her but also um you know it can feel scary it can feel delicate but if you just tell her like hey i really do i really do like i find you sexy i want to go down on you i've noticed that your smell is a little bit different or um you know maybe you just suggest taking a shower before you have sex just say baby i want to shower with you like that would that would be really sexy let's shower each other and then go into the bedroom so that's an easy way around it because well. I find that weird that like guys will not say to somebody that they love, you know, like, are you okay? You're smelling a bit different because there's all the, I know there's thousands of different ways that things change the, the chemical reactions, the time of them, you know, the time of the month, the, uh, the diet, etc. But guys seem to think we're indestructible. You know, it's like our diet affects how our sperm tastes. So women say, oh, eat more pineapple. We go, how, how dare you? But where to say to a woman, no, nah, I'm not going down on you because you smell. You know, it's this kind of selfish, egocentric. And, you know, guys, we're not all, we're not perfect. I mean, a lot of girls go, I don't want to go down there, but that's my my duty. That's the what's expected of me. And I think we need to get out of that where we're not just kings to be pleasured. And there's mm. so many amazing things like I've used, oh, my God, yes, that they actually te- real women teaching you how to pleasure themselves. Um, oh, yeah. Kenneth plays sex hacker thing. Um, you know, the beyond satisfied book he has, there's so many, I mean, I've got a sex kit box for full of stuff. And I just find it so funny that you wouldn't say to somebody that you love, sorry, but I don't get, I don't like the way you're doing blowjobs. So you're going to spend years having bad sex because you just won't admit to somebody who maybe likes to do something different, doesn't like doing the way she did, but she thought you liked it. How, yeah. how, why, why can't we not just be civilized adults and say, I like, I would love if you did something to my ass. I would love if you did X, if you did Y, whatever it is. Why, why, why are we not grown up? We can share a house, buy a car, have kids together, but we can't say what we want to do when we're lying in our bed with each other. I, yeah. I don't get that. Do you see a yeah. reasons people give for why they hold back? Um, it's funny that you're talking about uh, specifically like a scenario of a guy um, being uh, being like not 
liking his wife's um, blowjobs, but they do it for years upon years because he's never brought it up. He's never talked about it. He's never said anything. Um, because I've had clients who've said the ex literally the exact same thing. They're like, man, my wife, she just can't give a blowjob to save her life. And I'm like, well, okay, well, what did you tell her? How did you give her feedback? And he was like, oh, I would never, I would never do that. <laughs> and it's like that, you know, it's, it's such a, it's because it's vulnerable. It's hmm. vulnerable. If we give someone our perspective on them, then, then that means that they see that I can't, I can't just like, I'm not perfect, right? Because I have a different opinion than you. And it means that that person could retaliate and they could say, well, you've never done blah, blah, blah. And you've never, and then it turns into the, like this escalation thing. Um, where it's just, it's just scary for humans to talk about our wants if we weren't properly trained on how to do that. And most people are not. And Ian, you're like, you have had to go out of your way to learn how to do these things. And if we don't, if we don't go out of our way to learn, then that's, that's how we stay in that place of just not, of, of being afraid, being afraid. Cause I used to, when I was younger, I remember I used to look up like when I get a, a new partner or oh, how to hit the G spot with a come here when you're fingering inside or how to use X or, you know, this method and that technique. And there was all these amazing things. Like there used to be a series called two girls teach sex where the guy mm. would talk, they would talk about it sort of like how you do it and mentally and all that stuff. And then they would actually show the videos of them literally fucking and showing and the guy would talk you through it and how he was doing it and what and what she was feeling and it was amazing to actually see it in real time and and that's what i loved about porn now that it's kind of opened up because a lot of men think well a lot maybe a lot of partners think it's culturally against the norm it's a taboo to do certain things like a guy to dress up in his like you were saying his women's underwear Whereas it might be somebody thinks I couldn't go and have sex outside, but I would love to do it or I can't do X or that. But I think porn's opening up now that there's so many areas of porn. Do you find that from your, um, from your show that it's really helping people now embrace and try new things? Yes. So there are pros and cons to porn. So porn is basically like alcohol. If you, people can have, a drinking problem, but then there are also people who can have alcohol with wine once per night and it's a nice relaxer for them or they drink it socially and it's, it's adds to their life. So porn is the same thing. It's dangerous in some hands, but then it can be really helpful in other hands. Um, so one of the ways that it can be really beneficial is by opening up um, people's knowledge about different um about different ways that they can have sex and the fact that there's so much amateur porn out there is even better because they get to see that their neighbors can fuck outside or you know they're the gro like people at the grocery store like they can fuck in the bathroom or you know like and they can see this in real life and so amateur porn is the most popular um, like search porn that and then lesbians for the most part 
and but it, but amateur porn stuff because people want people like being able to see real humans real humans fucking and so um yeah it it is um it is really expanding um people's ability to understand that oh my god like I always wanted a threesome, but, and I've, you know, look at all of these normal people or normal people who are having threesomes, who are uploading, you know, uh, uploading these different things. Um, and so I think that it is encouraging people to try different things, but also, um, it, you know, it, it's also encouraging things like, uh, you know, like deep throating, right. Which is a different type of thing, but it's more theatrical. It's more theatrical than it is like really, um, I guess like been like, like pleasurable. Um, same thing with squirting, but squirting, it does, it can feel really good for some people. For some people, it's just a party trick. Um, you know, so it, it's, it's, it's good to have different perspectives on different types of sex, but it's also good to know like, Oh, but some of this is not always the most, like not always the most realistic. Yeah. I mean, especially things like ass to mouth, you know, or ass straight, like put it in somebody's ass and then put it straight into uh, somebody's pussy, oh. you know, because of the bacterial infections yeah. and stuff, so, you know, yeah. um, the, the act like this is all normal and stuff. And somebody goes, I'm going to try that and then gives their partner a yeast infection or seriously hurts them because they try to choke them without warning. And I, I just, yes, it's a great help. But like you're saying, there needs to be that kind of understanding and openness and ability to chat to people. Do you think then to help a lot of men listening to this, the best thing to do is to go and have sex, but remove the end goal? work on the intimacy, work on exploring each other, feeling the vibe, you know, just focusing on the journey rather than the destination, you know, just explore her body, your body, see where it kind of naturally leads. You know, is it a good way to remove the, the orgasms to just put no pressure on it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, by that can, that can also relieve both sides because sometimes for women, I know for me, it's really hard for me to orgasm. And so sometimes if somebody, if I'm having sex with a new person and they're like, oh man, I want, like, I want you to come. I'm like, Hey, like, don't, don't put that on me. I could like, it doesn't, I, I don't always, I don't always need it to happen. Right. But Oftentimes, if if orgasm is, um, you know, kind of like in the background, it's not the number one, like it's not the number one agenda, then orgasm can come a little bit more easily. And mm -hmm. it's also, it's a good thing for guys because they're able to just explore sensation. So this is essentially what Tantra is. Sometimes people don't like, they hear the word Tantra Tantra sex specifically. And, um, they, they don't really know. They think that it means like some, like calling on woo woo stuff and spirits or what have you. I don't know. But, but tantric sex is literally just hyper focusing on the moment. What, what is your skin feeling? What does your partner taste like? What, how are you, how can you breathe with your partner? How can you, how can you, um, what are, what are the sights that you're seeing? What are you hearing? What are the, what are her moaning sounds like pay attention to the five senses very intensely 
And that is, and that is, that's tantra. That's all, that's all it is. It's being in the moment and not having a goal, which can, that can lead to the most fire, the most exciting stuff. Because wasn't it Sting that came out and said he had eight hour sex romps with his partner? Oh no, his wife. And I remember everybody saying, that's impossible. And they're like, well, it is when you're just enjoying being with each other. You're not racing to get off. You're actually just wanting to be with them and explore and enjoy the... I feel like, oh, okay, maybe there is more to this. And I, I love that you look out into these areas and you open up that, you know, it doesn't mean you're gay if you're getting pegged. It doesn't mean, you know, because a lot of men, oh, no, I wouldn't let anybody touch my bum, for example. And I was like, yeah. that's where the male prostrate is. That's your, that yeah, is your, yeah. the male G spot. Yeah. It's, and a lot of women want to do some very, very twisted shit. They're, they're happy, they, they're into it. They want to push themselves. And you have this great show where you meet porn stars and you watch sex. You know, you've worked with all these thousands of couples, et cetera. What would surprise us about women's sexual desire? from all the people you've talked to? Because we all think, oh, they're prune, they don't want to do this. And then as you start getting to know women, you go, fucking hell, she's she's worse than I am. Once, you get, once you get them open and looking to experience what they want in life, what yeah. would surprise us about? What, what should we know as men about what women really want? Wow, that one's a head scratcher. Because I've been asked some for some crazy stuff when I think back, and I'm thinking yeah. if I hadn't been maybe the way I was and open to it, but I think a lot of guys think no, no, she wouldn't be into that. Where when you ask them when they're drunk, oh god, oh. they're into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think I think that you brought up a really important point um, is that you said uh, once you once you get somebody open. Once you get, once you get comfortable with somebody, then, then that's when you get to start learning more about them. You get to see more exciting things. So like when, when people are aroused, men and women, different things feel like things that might sound kind of like weird or revolting when you're not aroused feel really fucking sexy when you are aroused. So if you're taking the time to really get her revved up and really get her like, like you, you warmed her up for 40 fucking minutes. You've been slowly caressing everything. And she's now at the point of where she's like, she's really horny. She's ready. You already gave her two orgasms. She's like, she's so, she's ready for She's ready for this. She may want you to spit on her. She may want you to choke her. She may want you to fucking pee on her. You don't like there, there, when people get to that point of arousal, the things that feel sexy to them get more intense. Hmm. And so the key really is to just understand that you got to work her up to get to that place of exploring different things. So women so, can be just as crazy, can be just as kinky, but they just they're they're like we're cats. We need warming up. We need we need to like like and if you go too hard, if you if you like if you try too hard for something, we're going to run away. We're going to do our own thing. Um but you know, like guys will be these dogs where they'll just like <laughs> 
Right. So as long as you just kind of understand that women need this warming up, we need work standoffish we need you know we need that and if you do it then we're gonna want some shit that you're that you could be shocked by because that kind of leads me perfectly into the next question is how does orgasms change for men versus women because a lot of guys i know they say i once i've pumped i i go off to sleep you know i'm knackered i'm tired whereas for a lot of women it's that's just the the entree that's the starter that's the you know the the wee basic they're then ready for more sex they're then ready for more pleasure but men seem to treat it as that's it done and yes we can work on our physical health to be better more stamina in bed more cardio and things like that but how do we need to see like orgasms versus women because in our head as we're getting close men have a tendency to speed up because the sensitivity comes in, they get the feelings, they they don't have control as much, where a woman wants to keep the same, maybe more pressure, but keep the same speed, you know, because they're in their head and they need to get the sensation. How how should we see orgasms as men and understand what the a female perspective of an orgasm and what it leads to is? Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you are right for most men to orgasm, they speed up, they do the speeding up thing. And so in their mind, they think that when their girlfriend is about to come, they got speed up. They do. And for the most part, women need consistency. You sped up and now you actually, you went, you went over the orgasm. You missed it. You missed it. Now she's like, fuck that. What? That's that, that doesn't work for me. Um, but there are women who do actually like a speeding up. It's a minority of women, um, but there are, but there are some. So again, this comes down to communication. But no, for the most part, when it comes to orgasm for women, gotta keep consistent. It's about staying. It's about the long game, staying consistent, and then letting their orgasm build with consistent stimulation. And for the guys who come too quickly through premature ejaculation, you know, people who maybe it's a psychological issue, maybe it's an issue with blood pressure, medication they're on, whatever it, whatever the, the cause may be. I mean, it's nothing to be embarrassed about and they should go and speak to a doctor, their Viagra and things like that. Where do you see problems for men who suffer a premature ejaculation? You know, maybe they think I would love to do this, but I can't maintain hard to to give her the sex she deserves. But there's plenty of like oral stuff they can do. There's plenty of other kinds of sex that they can do, massages and goddess baths, as Kenneth Play goes into his book, and all these sorts of things. But why why do men put so much pressure on them, and how do you work with them to to kind of alleviate the premature issues that some men may face? Yeah. So so one of the things that guys can run into when they have early ejaculation is they'll get embarrassed by it, and they won't really. Um, once they come early, they get scared and they get embarrassed and they feel beat up about themselves. And now they can't focus on their partner anymore because they're like, oh man, I did it again. Like I'm a piece of shit. And then let me just walk away and they're not paying attention to their partner. So there's not necessarily anything wrong with orgasming quickly, right? Cause we don't, we don't, we, most of us don't need your penis to come. 
we didn't, it's fine. It's fine. And honestly, sometimes it can be flattering. It can be like, oh my God, I'm so hot. I'm, I'm that hot that I made you come that quick. So you can even like, you can bring that into the equation. You can be like, oh my God, damn baby, you're in that outfit. And I couldn't, I literally, I couldn't handle it. And then mm. go back to work on her. And if she does like penetration, fucking use a dildo right like you can still you can still make sure that she's having a good time um and there 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 are things that can be done for premature ejaculation too so it's it's a mixture of a lot of different things right so maybe um uh maybe it's a neurological thing that's actually the most common and is that there are some people who are just wired to to orgasm more quickly than other people and so that can feel really frustrating when they can see they see their friends who you know can go for you know 20 minutes without an issue and then these guys are like man why do i always do why does this always happen guess what it's your biology there's and that is okay and we can actually work with your biology and still we can sustain your ability to last longer but you're gonna have to work at it it kind of sucks like for me i told you i look like a tomboy so i go to the gym and i have to lift weights to get an ass that's the only way i'm gonna get an ass i decided i wanted one so i go to the gym every day you know Deadless. and so deadlifts, yeah, you get it, you get it, Ian. Yep. So if you decide that this is something that you want to do, you can make peace with that and go, okay, well, this is my body. Don't just hate your body, right? Because there are some people where they'll be like, God damn it. Like, I, man, I, I'm just this way. This sucks. There's nothing that can be done about it. There, there are. Um, there are things that you can do. Number one, the most effective uh, tool is edging. Do you know much about edging? Yeah, you build up to the point and then back away. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, it, and it, this can take a lot of practice, though. So it is annoying for people in a culture where you know we're we're just we we have deadlines, we have things to do, we have we have kids that we got to feed, we have you know bills we got to pay, yada yada. When it comes to prolonging your ability to ejaculate, you would have to practice edging for like 30 days alone consistently and then try to do it with your partner um wait hold on let me re-say that so masturbate alone for 30 days using edging right consistently and then from there try to have sex with your partner and then do that for another 30 days where you're edging in the bedroom with your partner, right? So this is a very, this is going to be a long, slow, drawn out thing. Um, and that feels annoying to a lot of people where they don't want to work for it. But again, you know, like me, flat ass girl, I got to go to the gym. If you want to prolong this, it is something, um, you know, if you want to prolong your ejaculation, you can, but it's going to take intention. It's going to take some help. And if you're having a hard time doing it on your own, um, you can reach out to somebody like me. I really like being able to walk people through this because sometimes people, they just like the concept of edging, like you can look it up, you can look it up on the internet. And then when they try doing it themselves, they're like, but wait, I like my body is still really excited and I don't like sometimes it doesn't it doesn't it's not as easy as just looking it up. So if you need help walking through this, I can do that. Because I think that would help so many people, you know, that 
that it doesn't have to be that way. That you mean I I was lucky that like for I've been single for a long time, so I have a very very big right forearm, shall we say? But I got to know my body, and I knew where I could slow down and change things up, and because I was so in my head, I kind of learned all these different techniques. But a lot of guys are maybe they don't want to take that chance or maybe they've never been introduced or even know about these techniques. And I think one thing I found since I got the COVID chunk, I put on a lot of weight over COVID. I split up with a partner just before it. And I kind of forgotten the kind of stuff that I like. Now there's been a lot of masturbating and a lot of stuff like that. Probably the first time I've ever said this in the podcast. But do you think that's what a lot of guys need to do? Is go back to basics by themselves, lie back, see what they like, play with speed, sensations, because it might be in one of your videos where you were talking about guys maybe grip it too hard yeah, and then yeah. they can't get the same feeling from a female's pussy. So, you know, they need to do it themselves. And we don't know ourselves enough to really basically get better at sex because we don't really understand ourselves, never mind our partners. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're 100% um, right. Um, in order to really uh, be better lovers, if we, if we take the time to really understand the intricacies of the things that work for us, um, that will enable us to be better in the bedroom. So yes, there are guys where they will, they were, get themselves off with this really intense death grip. And then when they see their partners, they can't orgasm any anymore. So what I recommend to people who do that um, is to use um, a masturbation toy. So like a pocket pussy, it's a little silicone device where it makes it, you basically, you can't grip your penis too hard because it's slippery. It's like the slippery thing. Um, so I recommend using one of those masturbating, um, you know, in, in different ways, trying to just go slower or, you know, if you always masturbate using porn, listen to erotica or, you know, look at pictures or, you know, something just kind of change things up so that you can have some variety. And are there things like, you know, like no fap, you know, where it's like no masturbating for 30 days or, you know, do these things work? Or do you find edging to be one of the better techniques to kind of to let a guy understand and kind of dial back the sensitivity? So it's not just I lost control and it happens. You kind of understand the warning signs and you can yeah. kind of switch up because, you know, I mean, there's playing. You can go back to kissing. You can go back to going down. You can go back to whatever it is, change positions to give yourself that kind of break. But do you think edging is the best sort of self-improve the sort of skill development hack for guys i i think that it's definitely one of them and you you brought up no fap um so no fap is like the concept of that is like going to go on like trying to go on a crash diet and then when you get off of the diet then you just binge everything because you haven't been you haven't been eating or you haven't you know you haven't been eating sensibly whereas the most sustainable way to actually lose weight is to just be eat you know eat in a way that is sustainable long term so like the 80 20 rule which is what a lot of people who are like in into like into health and fitness which is 
80% of your foods, you make them good, right? They're whole grains or their their vegetables and their meats, what have you. And then 20% can be whatever the fuck you want. It can be pizzas, it can be shakes. And and the reason that is a good approach is because it's sustainable. It's something that people can do over time. Whereas no fap is like, it's just, it's extreme. It's extreme. And I think it actually sets people up for failure. I also feel like America sets people up for failure when it comes to um, like things like alcohol, right? We don't teach moderation with alcohol. We, te- we teach like don't ever drink. And then when you go to college, it's you binge drink. Um, yeah, so I, I think that by teaching this moderate approach with masturbation, which edging, I would say, is like kind of like a moderate approach. You can you can just kind of like lightly touch yourself every single day and just kind of enjoy that sensation and then go about your day. It doesn't necessarily have to lead to orgasm. It doesn't have to it it may not it may not um like create any negative habits because you're just you're just you're kind of like slowly um you're you're slowly creating your ability to explore yourself and what's your opinions on using like you know if you're introducing more things like taking away somebody's sight to a blindfolds restraining somebody you know how because Kenneth, um, in his book, he was talking about how he had actually um, used to whip on somebody, but every time they doubted themselves. And, you know, he used it as a kind of, it was the idea of you're not just doing it for pain, you're using it to kind of, to bring them up, but you're also using it as a kind of, you know, you're he was dominating them if they doubted themselves. And mm-hmm. the, he was using these in these really kind of really genius kind of ways. And it's like, whoa, that's such a good idea. You know, it's like you're making, you're giving them this sexual pleasure, but you're also building them up. You don't need to be yeah. degrading and doing whatever. But what if we are doing these things and we step over the line? You know, mm-hmm. it could be something really bad. It could be like, you spit on them and they go, oh, fucking disgusting and don't want to see you again. Or it could be something, eh, but you still think, okay, I might have. Now with like the Me Too movements, the the focus on people being like misbehaving is probably a general term, but you know the kind of things I mean. But how do we how do we dial back? How do we apologize? How do we make sure that can these things be saved? You know, how, how do we talk to a partner if we fuck up in that sense? Does it depend on the nature of it or how, how do we have that conversation and say, look, sorry, but I, I know I did wrong. How do we then move on from it? Can it, what kind of work would you do with somebody when you do whatever it is? Hmm. I suppose it depends on the action, but yeah, it definitely, it definitely depends on the actions and it depends on the, the, like the couple ships specifically, but genuinely to just apologize to them, to just say like, Oh man, I am so like, I am so sorry. And I'm so sorry that that happened. And then ask them like, what can I make it up to you? 
Um, you know, what, what can I do to make you feel safe again? What can I do to, um, to eradicate that? But the best way of, uh, you know, of, of dealing with the, the best way to deal with that is preventative, right? You don't want to, this is, this is after, this is like cleanup after you fucked up, right? Instead, you want to be preventative, which by asking things like, Hey, like what we talked about earlier, um, by saying, Hey baby, like, would you, do you want me to spank you right now? Do you want me to, um, do you want me to, do you want me to like hold you down by testing those things out? I think that's the best way rather than trying to clean up the damage. It's like getting the horse back in after it's bolted into the stables. Uh, Cause yeah. I think everybody watched 50 shades of gray, terrible movie for the dialogue. Everybody watched it for the sex. It. I didn't watch it. You're lucky, and it also gives BDSM a bad reputation because it doesn't it doesn't portray a true kind of you know like he basically pushes in and he's kind of forced and everybody's like oh that means I can go do that to my partner so they go and yeah. strike her or they do whatever it is and she goes what the fuck you know this is not you know and I think that's the kind of things is we're not realizing there is a lot of benefit to these things but they have to be agreed. They have to be slowly introduced. And, you know, in that film they're talking, she's like, no anal fisting. And where a lot of times it's, yeah, I like the idea of restraints, but I don't want all my feet, all my limbs restrained. Okay, I like the idea of that, but can we try it first? It needs to be slowly introduced. And I think that's why it's great to have somebody like you because you're giving these things, you're explaining what these things are in a very straightforward no you're not you're not hiding it you're not you're saying what it needs to be done so you don't feel awkward you don't feel strange and that you can fix what issues are having what would you want people to take from this as a kind of go home message i know we've kind of gone round a bit but what do you want people to remember hmm. yeah i guess taking taking time to really get clear about what you want. And so really being able to, whether that is through masturbation or whether that is through journaling, um, but get clear about what you really want. And then when you try to relay this information to your partner, do it in a way that is specific, specific. So not just, I want to, um, you know, I want you to dominate me say specifically, I want you to tie me down and I want you to, um, I want you to spank me. Those things seem really hot to me. Um, so those are really the best ways to kind of get what you want in the bedroom. And for people, I mean, I'd love to have you back on and do a round two and really go into specifics, but for how can people follow you? How can we find your website? How can we find your social media? How can we connect on this amazing journey you're going on? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. I'm also on Twitter. I'm at my sex coach. So M-Y-S-E-X coach, C-O-A-C-H. And, um, I am in the, I just had a YouTube channel that was torn down. So I'm working on building it back up again. Um, YouTube to, to be, uh, continued, um, with my, um, but my Pornhub account is up. So you can just, um, you can Google watch girls watch because the show is called watch girls watch porn. So you can, so my account is called watch girls watch on Pornhub because watch girls watch porn was too long. 
Well, that's it for another week. And thank you for listening. It's now time to take what you've learned and use it to develop and enhance your life with the key points mentioned. Listen, try it, embrace it, use it, and crush it. Now's your time to hit that next level in your life. If you liked this episode, then please leave a comment on the show notes or a review of the show on your podcast platform. Everything helps evolve the show. Until next week, keep seeking the next level in your life.